It is nine o'clock in the morning in beautiful Bellingham, Washington. Welcome to the Melt Podcast. I'm your host, Logan Hoagland, with the co-star, The Coldest Cut. Hello. Hello. We are back. It's kind of been a while, I feel like. I feel like it's been a while. You know, it's been quarantine, been weirdly busy, and and uh, just, I don't know, projects and stuff. You've been working a lot. I have been working a lot, so. but it's been paying off quite literally. Got a few new things uh, actually like in front of me. Did a little renovation. Oh, yeah. The yeah. Studio. Yeah. Renov- shelves up. Yeah. Studio's looking as the best it's ever looked so far. Yeah. I mean, it looks like a little studio. In it kind of looks put together, you know, stuff's <laughs> on the wall. Yeah. There's like, you know, artwork. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Influence. Yeah. No. Uh, and uh, we're on episode 50. That's a nice even number. Halfway to 100. Wow. Almost a year's worth of weekly episodes yeah i mean we've been coming to you almost for a year now happy to be here thanks for listening once again um we got a good episode for you we're gonna be talking about u.s soccer it's always mm. a good always an interesting topic Damn, i researched the wrong shit <laughs> i thought we were doing the 5g conspiracy today uh that, that's a little insight on next on next week's episode oh, is, that's funny it's for 5g um yeah so uh, I'm looking forward to that one. Don't miss next week's episode because it's going to be great. Dude, um, have you, I guess I'll save it for the next podcast, but have you just gone on to like the who website and just like looked up yeah, like all the stuff that coronavirus doesn't cause? <laughs> yeah. It's like a 50 point slideshow. Oh, oh, here's, here's, here's just one. Oh, I'll list. I'll read a couple next week, but here's one. COVID-19 is not caps transmitted through house flies <laughs> oh there's some bad ones on here it's hilarious dude like people are actually yeah. believing this shit yeah so yeah catch That's us wild. next week for uh it's gonna be a good episode uh and so we're talking u.s soccer but before we jump into that um what's like one thing that you would get in trouble for all the time i was back you know i was back home recently and i just started thinking about it because they my parents got a puppy you know, you gotta like discipline or you know, for or like you know, train. <laughs> probably just like being mean to Tierney, <laughs> little sister, only because she tattled all the time. Why are you such a tattle? I'm saying, shall we be tattling? I would, I, I remember always getting yelled at for always throwing like the football or playing like hockey in the house, and yeah, I would definitely. mark up the walls. And anytime, oh, mom just hated that. Like, like go outside immediately. But, you know, it's not as fun when you're not playing football indoors. Right. I'd always play, f- you know, football against my sister, steamroller, <laughs> and then she'd cry. And then uh, then I'd get yelled at. Yes. For that. Like for soccer, it's like I'm using the I'm using the couch and the walls as like obstacles, you know, to get that control. So it's like, you know, not me, mom, I'm, you see me on the field. I'm slicing them up, breaking those ankles. It's because I'm using the couches as a, you know as a, a mass to, to move around. Well, that's right. I don't think I ever dented any drywall. Somehow I didn't dent any drywall. I did though, you know, a couple wild slap shots with the mini sticks broke a couple neon lamps in the, the game room before happens, happens. fluorescent, you know? Yeah, that was unfortunate. There were some cool ones in there. But, I don't know. Uh, I always forgot like cleats back when I played like baseball you know, we'd go from yeah. right from baseball or right from soccer to the, uh, you know, the other sport game. Right. So sometimes I'd, you know, 
forget cleats or something and then you wouldn't just, you didn't have oh, your soccer yeah. treat you didn't have your soccer cleats either. well i just had one pair of cleats but oh, i was okay. just i just forgot a lot of shit sometimes remember yeah. that <laughs> being an issue always forgetting things yeah i feel like uh that, that those are the worst days though when you like forget equipment because it's <laughs> yeah i had to wear um in like middle school soccer or whatever playing for the middle school team i had to wear fucking cardboard <laughs> shin guards once because i forgot my shin guards but hey they they accepted well, you, it you do what you gotta do score like probably score like five goals or something i'm sure middle school tearing dude, it up they dude. were the worst we were pretty good west valley middle school because we had you know we had some good players i guess yeah that was before tearing everyone left or well went to other sports yeah i mean yeah we were also just playing like Right, others tiny middle schools like, <laughs> right, right. That was probably when we were like two A or something. Well, I mean, it's middle school. Well, right, so it's right, like right, right. Yeah, yeah. So, but it's like other middle schools in the valley, like so. It's like all, like it would, yeah. Be, it'd be like Natchez, Natchez, yeah. <laughs> so you know, we'd be playing like one A schools that probably have like eleven kids playing middle school soccer, and you know, yeah. we got two teams, us dudes, yeah, two yeah. teams. Yeah, we had a lot of kids in middle school. I feel like, but yeah, just like between all the time, because we had two football teams. Yeah, as well, and that was the same season. I'm pretty sure as soccer. Oh, was it? It was in the fall. Wow, and we still had two football teams, like two full teams, pretty mm-hmm. much. Yeah, yeah. This, this is stupid. The, like <laughs> politics that went into them. Middle yeah. school sports was just ridiculous. It's just stupid, dude. Oh, in junior high, I, my son better be on better be on the gold team or whatever. <laughs> I was on like the white team for basketball, and I was like the first year I ever played basketball. And there, there are kids like on the on the gold team. I think that was the or the, whatever the the C team. You're right. That had been playing for years, and then I just went on the white team, and you know, it was like. You know, the first team was like Tyler Clough, like Jalen, Austin Strzok, all those guys. Well, the guy Actually, Jalen was on my team. Wow. I was on the same team as Jalen in middle school. Wow. And later, he, I mean, was starting for the high school. You know? Yeah. 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 Oh. Well, I mean, Norling was the coach. So yeah. I'm surprised he was actually on that team. <laughs> if you get my, we'll, we'll leave get what I'm saying. <laughs> we'll leave that. We'll leave, we'll, we'll leave it there for that. Uh, yeah, so, uh, yeah, feels good to be back. Welcome back to the Melt. Melt, 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 And jumping back. A Jump little back. bit. Jump back. Jumping back into it. You can name that movie. Jump back? Uh, yeah, who's well, who says that in which movie? Don't say I'm asking the listeners. Oh. Comment or do something. Yeah, comment if you know the the reference. I don't even know if I know the reference Jump right now. Jump back. Uh, it's from like a nineteen eighties movie. All right. I'll starring take- a I have a I really have a- common white person's first name and then a form of pork. I have an idea. <laughs> uh, yeah, comment on the uh, on the episode on Facebook or Instagram or wherever you can find us, or send us an email, and uh, we'll uh, we'll congratulate you in some kind of way. It'll probably be <laughs> literally nothing. You'll just be like, "Oh, cool, good job." <laughs> uh, 
Right. Yeah, we'll give you a shout out on the next episode. There, you can get sure, yeah. claim to fame for there sure. I mean, it's worth something, right? <laughs> Send you a sticker. Yeah, yeah, we're working on it. Working on the stickers, that's for sure. Uh, so U.S. Soccer announced the permanent closure of its developmental Crazy, acad- academy. All the years spent for those kids. Yeah. Can you imagine? Um, and then it's just like, nah, you're cut. Uh, <laughs> not even, you're not even cut. You're just like, nah, you, you just can't. Yeah. <laughs> like there's no closure with that. It's just like, wh- like what? Like, what do you mean? What do you mean? Mom, what do you mean? Am I going to practice this Wednesday? Nah. <laughs> no reason. Just no. Yeah, you thought you were uh, going to uh, to maybe play for U.S. soccer one day, but psych. Yeah, it remains unknown. It remains unknown. So I just don't get it. Like, what does that mean? And I hope you dive into it. Uh, yeah, a little bit. So they cited the closing of the academy. So it's specifically U.S. soccer. It's not like U.S. soccer. You know, it, as an organization is closing. It's the development academy which um, I'll get into how it works a little bit, a little bit here in a bit. But uh, so I guess it closed due to financial difficulties caused by COVID is what they blamed it on. And it has, you know, previously anticipated spending 12 million on the Academy in 2021. So, so like it was losing revenue. There was a loss of revenue and there was settlements with the United States women national team over its <laughs> loss. say revenue. Revenue. <laughs> <laughs> and so then they were anticipating also having to pay the U S women's national team. Um, so they wanted to cut costs and this was one of the ways which by, uh, the articles I read, there's a lot, a couple different opinions, but most of them thought that this was something that was going to come anyways. Um, it was just that COVID kind of sped up the process on the decision. So, really? um, the DA, the Venomental Academy. So the DA was founded in 2007 and it, the, the purpose of it was to create a consistent standard for top youth clubs in the United States. And that would feed into the national team program is what the idea. Um, the girls DA was founded 10 years later in 2017, same mission. And um, several top American players came out of the DA, but the program may have garnered more complaints than praise over its lifetime is what it was uh, claimed to be. So it's just problemsome. Yeah, so it supposedly it plays tight restrictions on players' lives, controlled training methods, limited competition against other other teams and other leagues, um, a lot of travel, and uh, one of the most controversial rules is that any player in the DA cannot play high school soccer. I mean, that's that's like been a given for like any academy team, though. Like even yeah. in, you know, obviously I didn't have access. To it in Yakima because there was no, you know, developmental academies in Yakima at the time. You'd have to go right. over the mountains. But I I knew kids that were from Yakima that did play for like the Sounders Academy, mm-hmm. and yeah, they couldn't they couldn't play high school soccer. But why would you want to play a high school soccer if you're playing for these academy teams? You know, like who cares? Yeah, I mean, uh, I I mean, I wasn't at that kind of level, but I mean, I would have liked. I would have liked if I was like, cause I played hockey, but we don't have high school hockey. But if I was in a state like growing up, 
like it would have been cool to play, you know, for your high school, you know, it depends on like, I guess where, um, kind of where you're at or what like you care about, I guess it kind of varies between people. Um, I mean, it just would have been cool to, you know, play. I mean, yeah. you, you know, I, mean, I guess high school, I guess so. I, I, I remember them, those, the people that did play academies kind of were, you know, they were, they felt weird about it or, or whatever. They kind of wanted to play for high school. Which, I mean, it makes sense. Like, why not just play more soccer? Yeah. I mean, it's always the coaches are always, when you played other programs, they're always like, oh, I don't want to, like, have you learn bad habits or whatever was their excuse, yeah. you know, for it. Well, uh, that's not how it works, though. Yeah. You don't just unlearn things. If you're, like, good, you don't just, like, become bad because you play <laughs> with bad people. Well, it's either that or, like, you know, uh, I mean, they're probably just worried about injury or something. Right. I mean, Mostly, probably. But and it's I, like, they, they don't own you. Like, you're paying them. Right, right. I don't know. So that's that was yeah. one of the, the stressors for people. And I so there's, I didn't know this, but there's over 100 clubs, 20,000 players in the DA program. So that's, uh, all of them are kind of out of luck right now on what to do with their I mean, you can't play any like higher youth soccer than what than that. Right, there's nothing else currently. You know, tier one. Yeah, at least for the U.S., you know, you would have to go to like Europe or something. I'd do it. (laughs) Go. Is that is that a thing in in uh, in soccer? Because in hockey, uh, because so Washington's not like a big hockey state. So like, if you're good enough and you know you had the means to do it, and if you got like you know, call it like a, a call or like if you pay it, you know, had enough money, you could go bill it with a family and you would pretty much essentially live with another family. Well, yeah, like somewhere. So with that, except wh- in except you'd live on like a campus and like you'd it's like going to boarding school for soccer. Like it, I'm pretty sure Lionel Messi came out of Barcelona's development program. So at a young age, he moved to barcelona okay stayed on campus played soccer and like learned so it's like a yeah so it's like an all-inclusive yeah feel yeah okay and i don't know if there's like sponsorships or like whatever because you know right right like obviously it's little messy like you probably saw his talent pretty early on right right because i I was like i wonder if it would work kind of like yeah sponsorship or like uh you know how it works for like exchange students that sort of thing (laughs) yeah but yeah, there is like there are campuses, even uh, even smaller clubs. Like when I went to Germany, we went to FC Hansa in uh, where was it? It was in Rostock, Germany, mm. and uh, they had their own like campus, and they're like a like a tier three German club. <laughs> so right. it's like right, like that's crazy though. So still. that's so that's so I mean that's like their structure then. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. For most European, I'm going to assume for most European clubs. Right. But here in the in, in the States, it's college and these development programs. Right. Right. Which are now cut. Um, so moving moving forward. Uh, so there was a in a letter to U.S. soccer membership, new CEO Will Wilson outlined how the Federation anticipates support the youth. Supporting the youth game when it restarts um, at U.S. Soccer, we'll be also looking at w- other ways to positively impact youth development moving forward, including 
an increased emphasis on coaching education, a more comprehensive scouting effort, and working with clubs to maintain and expand the f- philosophy and standards established through the development academies. So it sounds like they're like shutting down, but they're going to bring them back <laughs> is what they are That's saying, why I was like but, confused at like the permanently shutting down part. So it's like, are they just going to, like, is there going to be a rebirth that's just under a different name? You know, maybe. like they do that with a lot of things. Maybe. So here's here's some of the points that I found that are uh, that a lot of critics um, outlined, and I wanted to see what your take on uh, being in the U.S. soccer, like playing in organizations, clubs, and whatnot. So, and so, do you think U.S. soccer could should open up like the same style of development, like academies, like as such as you know what there was. Um, a lot of people think that there needs to be something else done, like a different kind of structure. Um, and the points being one is like America is too big to have the sort of academies uh, like how Europe that like uh, how Europe has um, there because it like to play. There's not enough of those academies um, like throughout the nation to and it's like too constrainous, like they were saying on like traveling. So like families having to travel or pay a lot of money to go play these, you know, like clubs across the country. And that limits like playing time and that limits like the number of games you can play in the competition, I guess you could say. Um, One of the articles I was reading says, if you spend one day on youth soccer Twitter, which I didn't even know was a thing, (laughs) but use soccer Twitter, you'll run into some galaxy brain geniuses asking why U.S. soccer doesn't emulate the youth setup of one of Europe's most successful footballing nations. The answer is pretty simple. All of those countries are smaller than Texas. And yet the U.S. soccer tries to run a national league in which teenagers spend more time on buses and airplanes than they did on the playing field. Getting the best players in the country to play against each other makes sense on a surface level, but the logistics of making those matches happen just require a massive waste of time and money. Yeah, I mean, they, they they have something like that set up for football, don't they? Like, I remember... Well, I, I don't remember, but I know of, like, certain schools that are, like, aired on ESPN, you know, high schools. Right, yeah. Like, they play because they're, you know, super good or whatever. So they they play each other, but they're they're usually in like Texas, right? Yeah, like you know the big like five A schools or whatever. Well, yeah, football. I mean, football in Texas. <laughs> yeah, high school football in Texas. I mean, you've seen Friday Night. Well, Lights. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I'm like, I don't like, I don't know how the like how it's set up. Like, if there's just regional games or like districts, so like you know Pacific Northwest. Right. Like they would only travel, you know, to Idaho, Oregon and like Northern California. But I'm sure California probably has its own league. Right. Yeah, it's big enough, probably. Like, yeah, I mean, that the way the way it's set up is probably not how it should be. I mean, imagine traveling like every weekend to Oregon. Right. Or, you know, Northern California just to play one game or having to fly to midwest or something or like that would make sense that would make sense for summer like you have you know you have your regional whatever qualifying matches 
and then you qualify right. for a regional tournament in the Pacific Northwest. You play, then, you know, you win or whatever, and you go to the Western Conference Championship or, what you know, whatever, like a tournament style. And then, you know, this would be in the summer because because kids aren't, you know, in school. Right. I don't know. I don't know. I haven't looked at, like, the logistics of it, but. Well, I think one of something that might get skipped over here a lot is, you know, there's obviously the prom like in Washington, one of the bigger clubs is Crossfire or Seattle Junior. Or yeah, Crossfires. Crossfire. Crossfire. Huge. And so, like, obviously there's like their top club team right there, right? They have like a, like. Yeah, like I a, mean, my, my cousin played for Crossfire for his entire, pretty much his entire development program. And, you know, there's right. nationals set up for those clubs. Right. And he went on to play college and then play for the USL. So. I think maybe uh, one of the things things they're saying is like if you like try to handpick all these best people into like these academies, it might not like work. Like there there might be a lot of a lot of players who can't get to those academies or afford to be on. Oh, yeah, them, yeah. You know I mean, of I mean? course. I mean, that's it's all going to come down to money because a kid who is in a low income family obviously can't fly every weekend to go to California to play a soccer game. Right. Right. So it's like in that case, they are missing potentially talented players in that aspect. True. So it's like, you know, how, how do you find those people? It probably isn't with these academies, you know, it's with older more experienced players and coaches scouting. Right. It's like, because they can afford it and they have the knowledge and the know how to get to where they need to go and then find these people. Right. So it's like there either isn't any of that and it's just people. It's like a classist issue. You know, the rich people who are pretty good at soccer <laughs> then play for these academies versus right. then the poor people who are, you know, who could potentially be better Right. But they can't play for these academies because they can't afford it. So they end up playing for whatever, just their high schools or their local club team and, and never break that threshold to be, you know, come great. Well, that's what I was wondering is like maybe U.S. soccer instead of having these developmental academies, maybe they should focus or fund more like local clubs and build the like have the local clubs have better resources. And so you can generate higher competition at a local level so they can play more like more games more time on the field rather than having to like worry about traveling to Oregon or you know like you know that's well it's yeah I mean I think it comes down to coaching as well like if you're a coach do you want to coach a soccer team from I don't know like Monroe Washington right like you know population under probably 10,000 people right like, no, you probably want to go coach for a crossfire or, you know, another club of that caliber. But so that's like, the, that's the thing, you know, where do coaches want to go and where can families send their, their children? And do they know that their kid wants to play or like is talented enough, you know? So, I, I mean, I, it, it sounds like, though, like, I wonder if this is one of those things where you have to choose, like, you know, I mean, this is like what you're going to do. You know what I mean? And I wonder how many kids at this age, like, 
know that, you know what I mean? Because if what if they just had like a central hub in L.A. and every player who's been like they recruited through local clubs or had better scouting or whatever, like, you know, these 10,000 kids all had to move to L.A. So then you just have a league. So then you just have a league. They all play each other all the time, the best against the best. Like, but then like, you know, as a kid, you got to decide, like, you got to move away from your family. That's where you live. That's, you know, it's all that is that. And, you know, you don't, you leave everything for soccer. Yeah, I mean, that's how it's like, you're talking about how it's like set up in Europe. Well, I was going to say, like, is that, does that seem like what U.S., the U.S. soccer, like, is the best option? Like, do you think that, or do you, because that's not quite what they're doing now because they they have a hundred clubs i think it would cost i think it would cost more though than what it's set up now to be honest you think so i mean they have to pay you'd have to pay for housing it'd be like going to college right so it's like you know famous gotta pay for the boarding the education you know tuition everything food you would think that u.s soccer would have some sort of sponsorship of course yeah but you know what i mean yeah but i mean they have funding probably right from outside sources it's like how nice are they do they want to just pay for kids <laughs> like come on it's it's america well yeah but it, you know like but, in a perfect world they would just send twenty thousand of the best kids to one place and pay for everything to develop them you know but that's not gonna happen yeah i guess well yeah, well, because like, well, you thought you brought Lionel Messi. I mean, someone probably did that for Lionel Messi. Yeah, but it's Barcelona. Like they're one of the richest clubs in the world. Mm. They can afford to get one dude from Argentina over there and <laughs> make him into one of the best players in the world. Uh, so, I guess that's another aspect to this is like maybe U.S. soccer is just not a money generator compared to other. Well, no, I mean, look at. You can just look at salaries of like the average MLS player. True. Yeah. You know, True. they don't, you know, top players don't want to play for the MLS. Right. Until they're and 30, 35 or 40. Well, do you think that's an issue of how the U.S. soccer, like the DA, like how the youth are developed? Or do you Could think be. that, or do you think that's I mean, it just hasn't, a, it hasn't worked or since you, it's, you know, a lack of popularity. What do you mean? Lack of popularity. Like because it's not like the number one sport in the country, do you think? Mm. You think like that affects? Like, yeah, I mean, definitely. You know, it, it definitely would probably pull some athletes, some of the you know who would be really good at soccer but don't play soccer because of certain things. I mean, it's probably a combination of that and you know culture and and, and whatever. Like, right, yeah. like when you think of America, you don't think of like soccer. Well, right. Well. Yeah, I mean, so football like, is obviously now the number one sport. Baseball, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't even think baseball is America's pastime anymore. You could, argue, you could argue. I mean, pastime? I'll tell you what, you go to the baseball game to pass the time. You, you <laughs> sure do. You don't do much there except you uh, don't even watch the game, really. I mean, it's a total different experience going to a baseball game than going to a football game, that's for sure. Yeah. Or even watching the any, games. Any, but, any other sport. Yeah, but... Uh, uh the baseball can be exciting. I mean, I've never been to a World Series game or anything like that, but I'm sure I'm sure it can, you know. Yeah. Heavily capital underlined. But can. granted, we also are Seattle Mariners fans, so it's really hard well, to I even... speak for yourself. <laughs> well, I'm a Seattle Mariners fan, so it's like, 
you know, every year we get our, you know, get our hopes up and uh, we get one good player and it's like, oh man, this is going to turn us around. We'll route and then they trade them or something. It's a terrible organization. <laughs> it seems like Dude. haven't done shit. Oh yeah. I don't yeah, know, man. But... Like obviously uh, what's her name? The head of the, cause is she's running like, it's like ultimately. Yeah. She's the, she's, she's the old uh, yeah, she played for the women's national team. I forget her name oh, I now. Yeah. But Anyways, her the head lady. I think uh, she's president. Yeah, the president. Yeah. There we go. There it is. The president probably sees something wrong with this development academy. And um, so it's both boys and girls. Correct. So yeah, maybe she just wants to like overhaul this and turn it into something that could not necessarily profit, but mixed dorms. <laughs> yeah co-ed dorms here we go here we go but uh, yeah i mean i think i don't know it's more appealing to me like in retrospect if i didn't go to high school and instead i went to like a boarding school where i played soccer and that's really i played soccer and learned like you would think that would might that would definitely help out at least some people uh, because it would be all similar like people who have similar the same interests. goal, similar, yeah, similar. Yeah, and I wouldn't be playing and, with, you know, kids in high school that <laughs> didn't care about soccer, which happened. You know, you, you wouldn't have to yell so damn loud. <laughs> well, that was, you know, kid, they wanted to play soccer. They just weren't good. But, uh, uh, but yeah, anyways. Um, yeah, so another critique, uh, was that development isn't just technical, but it's also emotional. It's like what you're talking about with playing in high school. Um, so they're saying like some of the critiques was getting the best players in the best environments with the best coaches and the best training helps them improve like tangible parts of their game. But the, some of these people claim that a lot of D8 players also turned out uh, like they're just soccer robots. They, they called them, uh, yeah, ro- soccer robots because they didn't really care about the matches and they weren't as competitive as their predecessors, supposedly. Um, uh, U- United States men's national player or and coach, uh, parent, and he's a parent, uh, a DA parent, so he has a kid in the program. Well, um, not anymore. Oh, is he not <laughs> anymore? Oh, well, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> not anymore. <laughs> not anymore. Eric uh, Winalda? Yeah, Eric Eric Winalda. He said that the DA's ban on high school soccer created a bigger problem than the one it was trying to solve. Um, the re- the referees even complained that the DA games were manufactured. Air quote lacked quote real emotion. Um, thousands of practice games will never prepare you for the raw emotion of playing for your school in front of your peers with an opportunity to, pre- to represent more yeah, than just yourself. Is what he claimed that like yeah and i mean uh, you can't coach that again you know what i mean so like imagine not playing for your high school but playing for like your boarding school right with like you know different age groups obviously be co-ed so be you know i don't know maybe there's just like a i think i I don't know how it work because american school system is so fucked well it just sucks i think he's saying though is like so when you're in this DA program, there's these hundred other clubs and you just play, you, you all know that you're there because you're the best supposedly in the country. 
And it's like, well, there's no fans except like parents. Like, well, right. I get that point of like, I remember, you know, playing in front of like your peers and just like a stand, like stands. Right. You know, you definitely, you got a little chip on your shoulder for sure. You know, well, and it's just another school. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You go to another school and like you're on their turf and you, you know, kick their ass and you're like, damn right. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. Well, let's roll into our next segment. Oh, we got a segment. Oh, yep. Oh yeah. All right. What do we got? Oh, no lie. No lie. Born raised. And spelled no dash L I. With a star. Yeah, which I don't know if there maybe there's like some heritage to it or something. Like, you know, I don't know what, you know. It's got to be some meaning behind it. Spokane. Yeah, this is from Spokane, Washington. (laughs) (laughs) Shout out. Shout out. Spokompton. And the east uh, side of the state and spent quite a bit of time there. Uh, Hate the Chiefs, Spokane Chiefs. They were uh, one of our biggest rivals in hockey, but moving on from that. This is a (laughs) born and raised India Pale Ale, 45 IBUs which is the international bitterness unit, if you didn't know. And it's a 7%er, so higher on the IPA scale. Um, and this 12 fluid ounces of Spokane, born and raised, where the motto is brewed with history, hops, and heart since 2012. So relatively new. Um, there is no other description on the can, so I can't even tell you uh, what kind of hops is in this, but it looks like I forget what kind of what other what other brand has this sort of like uh, what is that uh, hexagonal shape? Mm, like is the, it is it Colshin? It kind of reminds me of a Colshin can. Yeah, I think you Colshin does kind of have that similar yeah. like embroidery on it. Yeah, um, like just from like just like that red hexagon. With yeah. the born raised in the middle of it, like it reminds it, me of like a where Kulshin. the Colshin is like the that bronze Colshin yeah. color. I think it's Colshin, but I remember like seeing this can and being like, I think I know who that is, but no, I don't. <laughs> uh, don't I do like the can art. Um, it is of uh, the Spokane River, um, right downtown, um, which is kind of cool. Uh, it's got yeah, it the, is it is cool. It has that like yeah gondola and it's got the park. Yeah. Um. So that is cool. That's a plus. I like that. And it's smooth though. For like being seven percent, it's not bad. Yeah, it's very it's very like traditional Pacific Northwest IPA. Um, it's not overly bitter whatsoever. No. Um, which I'm pretty surprised. Because there's a lot of hop flavor in this. Yeah. Um you if get you, that you get that real hoppy bite like right <laughs> on your tongue. Yeah, it's like right off the right off the front of it. There's a little bit of a snap, and then it just really um, just mellows out after that. And then it's just kind of it's smooth. It's a little uh, yeah. There's like a, some melon notes in there. That's good though, like some cantaloupe kind of flavor. Yeah. Uh, notes to those hops. Yeah, it's good. Would recommend. Would recommend. Yeah. Yeah, clap clap clap. I don't think we've uh, we've gone a beer that we've given a thumbs down yet, have we? I don't think so. We can probably find some. 
I know. Of a I've been trying to. F- I've been trying to buy some kind of weird stuff lately, but I uh, haven't been successful. Pacific Northwest just makes some good beer. I think that's the <laughs> that's the issue here. Yeah. Uh, that is false though, because I have been around town at a couple of breweries and, uh, I have had some beers that have been not so true great. to be honest. Colshan has been last time that we were at K2, the beers we had, were you there? Yeah. Not very good. They had it like advertised. Oh yeah. Like, yeah. uh, you know, at the bar, he was like, buy these cans, buy this beer. Yeah. And so, you know, naturally it did. And it just wasn't that good, so I, I got they're trying to sell it, just get rid of it. I got the nitro, and that was good, so I like the one that I got. But um, uh, back to the story, we're getting to the end of it here. The last one, the last critiques is just that these a lot of these guys were just claiming that one size doesn't fit all, so they're saying that maybe the U.S. soccer needs to take like a multi-structural ap- approach to different regions, you know. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you can even take, like, why be exclusive? I mean, obviously, exclusivity will eliminate, like, you know, some of the fat, I guess. (laughs) Like, you know, the the kids that, you know, that probably aren't as, Mm -hmm. you know, probably won't be as good or develop. Because there are talented players. But there are also uncoachable players right, that yeah. have a lot of talent, and that and they have money probably. Usually. And that, yeah, and that goes like that goes a long way, or not as long. If you are a coachable player, and you have you show that you can improve, and your play style fits like a scheme that this coach wants, they probably would prefer you to a guy who's more talented but just has too big of an ego. And too much, you know, uh, family intrusion, like on the the club itself. Like you know, the, this parent has too much money in their influence influencing the club. Like as a coach, obviously you want to prefer the kid who's coachable, right. has talent, and can improve over the the dude that just oh, I'm pretty good at soccer. I'm really good at soccer, but you know, yeah. I I just I'm not going to listen to my coach because that dude is just gonna. He's going to hit a plateau at some point where the other kid might, you know, become the next Lionel Messi. Right. Right. That's a good point. Uh, so like, you- like tiers of like tiers of skill, you know, just right. like clubs are set up in Washington, not at, not development clubs like the Rangers in Whatcom County. You know, they have the A team, the B team, the C team. Right. And if you're good enough on the C team, you can move up to the B team or even skip that and go to the A team or play a year up, you know, like there's, there's like it's it's at there's least, a continuity to well, at least that way it gives you something to like like work up towards you know yeah gives exactly. you kind of a goal because like when you're the when you're playing only with the best of the best it's like you kind of get you an decipher, ego too how do you decipher it's like the NFL like there are undrafted free agents and there are there are, there are people drafting like the first round right and as we've seen with like Heisman Trophy winners they don't turn out to be the best quarterbacks. But they're always drafted like number one. And then you got your Philip Lindsay's. Yeah. Or Tom Brady going in the fifth <laughs> round, you know, comes out pick to be like the, the greatest of all time. Yeah. No, it's like pick 199. Oh, yeah. Something like that. It's way in the hundreds. So it's like you can't underestimate kids, especially at a young age. Like I was five, like I was like five, seven, five, eight, you know, in like right. ninth grade. And then I grew like five inches the next year. 
and I was finally playing on varsity. Well, I was going to say when you're talking kids from like, you know, especially 12 and they're just going through the teenage years, like there's so much room for development. Sometimes a lot of them like sport wise are really bad or not coordinated at a younger age, but they will grow like they grow into themselves so much more at like a later stage. And it's probably like it probably varies year to year who's on that specific team. You know, I'm sure kids who try out if they're even is a tryout. Yeah. I don't even know if there is. I don't know. if I think it's mostly scouting, which I, which it seems like I, I, I would think like, you know, you have, you're going to have to have scouts like that. Like you even at like one per state, but that seems like so minimal. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just, America's too big. It's just huge. Like it's a lot of land. It's a lot of travel. So yeah. I like, I re- before when I heard this, story come out i was like oh man they're just shutting down development soccer but you know it, it's it's definitely the logical choice because ultimately kids are suffering right i think the what do you think so that what do you think about like other not u.s soccer maybe they could help out in some ways but what do you think about like the mls or the nwsl or the usl like becoming more of a prominent role with some like youth development yeah i mean it's probably wise i mean like i said um the aforementioned seattle sounders have their own development program i don't know if it's part of the u.s soccer development program but they have their they have one so they have their so they they have like their own academy academy, yeah seattle center's academy and i'm sure like the new york red bulls have their own academy so it's like a farm team then kind of yeah i mean I don't know necessarily that they just go right to the be on the team, but they might be able to play for the reserves and then show right. prominence and, you know, maybe they want to go to college. Right. But it's like Christian Pulisic, that dude didn't go to college. He's playing for Chelsea. <laughs> so I, it's like if, but he's just good. Right, right. So it's where, like, where did he, where did he, what club I want? I wonder I mean, what program he's he played. From Hershey, Pennsylvania. Hmm. But he started playing for Borussia Dortmund at age like sixteen. So, so that's like you know that's he he that's took just, on like the European style of like he knew he wanted to go. Yeah, I mean I don't know his and, whole backstory, but yeah. I, I, I'm sure there was some scouting involved or some videos, like some highlights, yeah. some highlight reels that you can send or I, I don't know, like top drawer soccer is like a scouting program that kids go to so i did it for like one year you go to like like we went to craw or uh, starfire and it's just a bunch of scouts and a bunch of coaches from all from around like college coaches were there and stuff you know coaching these these little teams and you play tournaments or whatever so like there's there's that i don't know if that's related to the u.s soccer development program but it might just be like an independent like scouting, scouting website tournament or whatever yeah but yeah which is like totally a new factor that i didn't really have like as growing growing up like being able to like send video into like these big like scouting like websites or pages or organizations yeah. you know to like be seen more because that's like one of the hardest things especially in the u.s when like it's so big there's so many clubs like like so many people and it's like if you don't know anyone you know uh, if you don't have those internal connections it's like 
how do you get seen aside from yeah. like watching like for you know hockey it's like there's one all-star camp you might have two scouts there for like two or three scouts from like like a and b like junior you know but it's not like it's not like you got like a uh you know like a division one college like who's probably going to be there you know what i mean yeah. they don't have time for that yeah be- like you have like you have to be on a good club team for soccer to be noticed like right. the only time i ever saw a scout at a high school game was when i was playing chini oh really west we went to chini and played and there was like a gonzaga scout there but he wasn't scouting us obviously <laughs> he was scouting the chini guys i think like four of those were they good yeah they were seventh and they were seventh in the nation as far wow. as high schools they went on to win wow. state well, only lost two to one in overtime. Just uh, we 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 tied them up. It was a overtime, great defensive. Huh? Yeah, it was it was a f- crazy game, dude. So many emotions. Just remember, See, there it is, dude. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But it was just like they were so good, and it was just like defensive battle for us. I mean, just shutting them down. Like four of these guys already committed to U Dub. You know, it's just like all these talented players, and I didn't see any of it. Fuck them. <laughs> Uh, but but yeah, yeah i mean like there's this cup called surf cup down in san diego and that's like infamous for being this like where all the best clubs go to play you know like if you go if you're in a surf cup like there's gonna be scouts there right for soccer okay like that was Do you, you have know, to be invited to that uh i believe so mm. so it's like so like like in your club or whatever, do you be like selected from your league, like as an all-star or how do you get like selected for that? I honestly don't know. Mm. It's a lot, I'm sure there's a lot of politics that go into it, but even like, like the team that like Sid or uh, Sandy and like Lindsay played on. Right. Well, I guess Sandy didn't play for Sun City Strikers or they all play for different clubs. They went over to the West side, but yeah. Do you remember like Lindsay and like Alyssa Wickenhagen going to, uh, like Europe to play. Do you remember? I remember talk that? about that. Yeah. Yeah. They went somewhere in Europe and played like a tournament, huh. but you know, gotta have money for that. Well, right, right. That. And yeah. So, so maybe they're just trying to figure out how to get more kids into like, like better situations, be, be, like to be seen, you like know, even the just playing field, so... not just, not just money. Yeah. Funded and, or uh, fueled. And probably how to like just develop more passionate players for the for the game, you know. Yeah, I'm tired of I'm tired of U.S. soccer getting the. F- <laughs> we need to go. I mean, we didn't go to the World Cup. Uh, golden generation, right? Damn right, <laughs> golden generation, dude. Yeah, so I mean, like a lot of the morals or like points of the articles I read was like, what's best for New York City is probably not best for West Texas, so. I mean, yeah. even seeing the effects of it, like the top players in the U.S. aren't playing in the U.S. Yeah, they're going to Europe because because it's so, so much bad. better. Yeah. yeah, like you know the Josh Sargents, the Christian Pulisics, you know Weston McKinney's, right? All those uh, that Geo Stefan Geo, like all those guys are playing in Europe because it's yeah. you know I know infinitely better. Yeah, I know a few of them had connection. Like Geo, I mean, his dad played across seas so it's like obviously he had connections but still yeah like if you're good if you're good enough don't play in the u.s (laughs) like that's that's the message that that's u.s is sending pretty much as the with these development programs yeah 
Well, hopefully the U.S. I don't know. They need to get some people in a room and they need to really talk about like how they're gonna make a better system or something. Something dude. like shit. Uh, like there, there, there just can't be like. There's so many people in the United States. Like, there's no reason why like you can't find eleven that talented people. You know what I mean? To to probably not hard. You know what I mean? To like develop into a great soccer team. You know, just need just need one. <laughs> just need one super team. So, yeah, I wish I had more like personal insight on like what should be done, but I really don't. But you know, I gave just what i had yeah. from you know, college hockey try. from hockey yeah i mean that's and that's I feel, I feel like it'd be i feel like it's better for hockey develop the development program well because i mean it's hockey it's so it's much smaller um i feel like in somewhat like uh but, yeah, but you're saying like the world juniors like you consider that to be like the height more like the highest competition that'd be, that'd be like the highest competition i i mean because you're i mean you're playing for your country against other countries world yeah you know like what we I don't mean? even like we have like the u21 world cup yeah and i'm sure those players that play are run through like even the u17 world cup are run through the u.s soccer development program but i don't even remember hearing about like christian the christian politics playing right. for that for that team or even being like at the camps right but that's probably because they were on the the first team but still yeah like i don't know there's just maybe it's just too complicated they didn't know what the hell they were doing so they're like let's just scrap it well it sounded fresh. yeah well it sounded like they're i mean they were spending 12 million dollars a year on what sounded like like plane flights yeah. yeah you know what i mean travel travel and it's like how can we spend 12 million dollars uh you know better to get better players so yeah well i guess we'll we'll see what happens um i'm excited to uh talk about we got the the inside on next week co the the 5g coronavirus <laughs> and uh conspiracy so that's gonna be a fun one don't miss it next week and our last segment you got you got this word 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 all right the word of the day is lorn let's make sure i'm pronouncing that right here we go lorn lorn uh it's an adjective that means left alone and forlorn desolate forsaken okay cool so it's like Probably an apocalyptic word i mean i mean i guess forsaken the, that, that cat is forsaken yeah that the, the lorn village the lorn village over yeah. chonder <laughs> has seen its last days since the apocalypse yeah there since, it is since the covid struck <laughs> all right well, that's going to wrap up episode 50. Don't forget, you can hit us up at themelt2019 at gmail.com, at the Melt Podcast on Twitter, at the Melt Pod on IG, and the Melt Podcast on Facebook. Hit us up. Tell us what you thought, any comments, what you want us to talk about. We're always looking for butt first comments. And this has been the Melt. Melt. No.